Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 384's After Show. Here we are. It's the new year, our first after show of 2022. And uh, I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun in our regular show, which just wrapped up a few moments ago. <laughs> uh, having uh, Anytime we have Rick, we know we're pretty much getting the uncensored truth. I was a little worried Ari <laughs> was going to hold him back because normally Rick gives us some really good stuff, but... Having her in a different location probably helped out a little bit. Yeah, he deferred a couple times, but uh, and it sounds like all good things are in the works, and really exciting uh, to hear what's what's in store. And Dynamic clearly is doing some big things and has signed some pretty serious players here uh, in the last few weeks or in the last few days specifically, uh, and. The shifts just continue to happen in the off season, and and clearly we're now just a matter of a month or so before we're no longer calling it the off season. So uh, players have to get out, make sure they're fully uh, acclimated to their new disc, their new lineup, whatever the case might be. And I, I, I think that there's probably this form of excitement in that a lot of people will say, well. Is that a fair excuse that you can use and say, hey, I'm, I'm not fully learned my bag. I'm not completely dialed in. And I think a lot of players will answer that and say, I don't want that excuse. And I'm going to go work hard because I want to hit the ground running and be ready to go. So that's where it feels like a lot of our players are at and really looking forward to uh, what's in store for this year. It's going to be really hard to top last year. As a disc golf season, we saw some really great majors, you know, worlds ending the way it did, you know, Paul winning USDGC the way he did the tour championship with Nathan Queen. I think last year, I, I, I'll, you know, please, I hope I eat my words, but I don't know if we're going to top last year for the excitement level, but we also thought that this offseason was going to be a little slower than um than what we've seen and we see players kind of dropping out of contracts left and right and it's uh it's definitely an interesting off season <sighs> yeah next year or this year not even next year gosh this year gonna be uh it's gonna be fun terry it hopefully will and Looking forward to, as I was mentioning, uh, I'll be in Alabama this weekend. Next weekend, if I'm really thinking ahead, uh, there may be even some coverage coming out of both Arizona and Florida that is being worked on. So, um, yeah, going to roll right into it, and I'm going to continue to catch up on old 2021 footage. Are you going to be able to get all your footage from 2021 out before 2022 season starts? No, because I literally have like 40 more rounds of golf that's not released and i'll be releasing 2022 stuff 
well, within mu- a week. Much like Ricky, what are you doing? Why are you here and not doing your <laughs> <Yeah>. work? <laughs> exactly. Because uh, I'm usually just lounging around doing nothing else. Um, all right. So as always, in the after show, we very much request we require you and demand of you uh to put anything you want in the youtube chat that is your best uh guaranteed way for us to see what you're asking or what you're talking about and then from there um hopefully we can answer or address it uh one of the taking a quick side note our uh, our green bay packers our I, no, you don't. You don't own any stock in Green Bay Packers, do you? I would not you buy. I would not stocks? buy. No. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, the Green Bay Packers this last weekend. Uh, if you're Wisconsin and or Midwest based, maybe you care. Maybe you don't. Maybe you hate it. I don't know. I know Doug Bjorkus doesn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Bjorkus, uh, a, a noted Vikings fan. Yeah. How's that working out for you, Doug? Uh, um, but. Uh, they clinched uh, the number one seed through the playoffs or whatever. Number one seed this weekend, assuming they make it. Uh, yes, and of course, I think, yeah, holy cow, has it been since last week? It feels like forever ago mm-hmm. that uh, John Madden has passed away uh, along with Betty White. So pretty crazy. Um, JVD, are you a Badgers guy? How about Johnny Davis? Uh, I don't know who Johnny Davis is. So that's a no. So that's a that's a no. Um, I, I think he is was he the running back. I think he was the running back actually. Um, for the Badgers football team, I'm not a huge Badger football. I'm not a huge college football fan in general. Badgers, I root for them when I see them on TV. If if I happen to sit down and the game is on, I'll watch them and root for them. But I honestly couldn't tell you more than I couldn't tell you one player I could not name one player on the team uh, I think you mentioned it and that did ring a bell in my head um, as far as being probably the running back for that team um, but sorry not so much a college college guy in general for most sports March Madness is fun maybe no I won't I'll say maybe I'll watch the the NCAA championship football game but I probably won't I'm not gonna lie all right. Uh, Joe PG, I believe, for down from the Florida area, uh, says F the Packers. So apparently he's not He's <laughs> not a big fan. Um, well, when, that's yeah. fine. Uh, I'm all good with that. All right. Uh, thoughts on Nico leaving Westside is one of the questions that were thrown out there. And unfortunately, we don't have access to... Eric McCabe, he's probably uh, freshening up Ricky's Sharpie right now. But how many Sharpies is he going to go through tonight? Because uh, after like, probably so, ha- at least a half dozen. After so many, they start to get like yep. dulled. Not that they're running out of ink, but they're dulled down and they don't sit sign nearly as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I believe that contract, if if I recall, that was originally extended last year, and then come twenty twenty two, it was dissolved or nullified or whatever you want to call it. They parted ways. I can't speak to, I haven't had a conversation with Nico and I don't know if either party would necessarily share it. I don't know if that was driven by one party or another, or if that was um, uh, initiated by one party or another. I don't know if Nico said he wanted to go find uh, different opportunities or if that was West side that said, Hey, we're looking for different opportunities. I can't speak to that. So, I'm not really sure, but it will be interesting to see if Nico lands on another 
major manufacturer. And I say that because I think we talked about it last week. We've seen him with lots of the major manufacturers at one point or another in his career. Clearly, that's not to say you can't go back to any of them as as. Uh, we've seen now a number of times with players that they can return back to a sponsor they've had before. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Uh, I did see someone (laughs) make a comment. Maybe it was even within our chat earlier today. Maybe it was on Facebook. Something about Ricky going back to his roots Mm -hmm. uh, in reference to the the dynamic slash latitude. I'm going to say that I feel that that would be an inaccurate statement. Now, Ricky clearly successful with the Latitude Plastic and the Trilogy based plastic. I mean, but not those weren't his roots. He started at Innova, Innova, then went to Prodigy, then Lat, then back to Innova, and now to Didi. Yeah, so I would not consider now good for him, but I wouldn't consider Dynamic or Latitude then his his roots, so to speak. But it, those it, are his most successful years. But not, but it, it also not there's roots. probably a little. Um, Maybe there's a little, not recency bias, but maybe you just came into the sport since Ricky was there, and therefore you consider those his roots. But nonetheless. All right, I'm going to continue to read down. Terry hoards discs. He doesn't sell them. Uh, yeah, and the question was asked if where I would potentially sell one of those Elite Z Comets, which were a very, very limited run from many years ago. And I, th- I think I ordered 50 with my logo. It might have been 100. I, I'd have to look. And I don't... I have them... Some of them Why still do you want them? They I did sell. Break. I did sell a lot of them, Yeah, you actually. sold a lot of them. I have a those few Those I did them. sell, but... Um, yeah, I don't I don't know where those are. I mean, they're in a bin somewhere. <laughs> I just don't know how many I have. Yes, you're right, though. I, I typically do just continue to hoard and hold on to discs. All right. Uh, Sombrella action on Maricopa this year. Yes, Larry. Um, the last couple of years, I'm not going to say I'm good luck for him, but the last two years, Adam Hammes won the Shelly Sharp, and then two weeks later won Maricopa. He did that two years ago. Last year, won the Shelly Sharp, then went on to win Maricopa. I've filmed all four of those wins. This year, I'm going to the Shelly Sharp. And then I'm going to Maricopa. Adam Hammond should be paying me. Really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> he should be paying you. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to put his win on the internet. I won't let the world see it. Um, I do want to give a quick... Uh, not, shout out is not the term I want to use here. Um, I do want to make a quick note for some of our Patreon supporters. Uh, you should be receiving or should have received a sweatshirt for the clothing level. If you are part of that, it's a really nice black Smashbox sweatshirt hoodie with a hood. It's not a zipper hoodie. Oh, so geez, it's got not a this hood. again. <laughs> uh, and there were, I, I did get note from at least one person that said that there was some uh, money due on delivery. That so there was might have been a mix up in some wow, of. Wow, that's how we run our business. We're doing well. <laughs> yeah. So there might have been some some a little mix up in shipping. If that's the case and it bothers you and you want to be made whole for some reason, please reach out to us and we'll we'll get you worked out. You shouldn't have to pay additional. Correct. Yes, it, it was only a, it was literally just a few dollars, but 
Yeah. Uh, but if if that's the case and you need to talk to one of us, please, by all means, reach out and, and we'll make sure that uh, that that gets taken care of. Because you're right. That's it, it was clearly just a mistake. We've never anyone that's received anything in the past has known that that's not how things normally go. I think I'm hoping it was just a mix up with just one person but uh, because I got mine without any postage, too. <laughs> but so we'll see. Uh, right. I'm going to continue to read down the list of uh, things that have been submitted here. Um, Shift one is talking about the manufacturers don't need to make courses. You can literally go to your town's parks department and get them to make a course. The town gets their parks used. Uh, yeah, that I mean, that in some cases is absolutely true. Uh, and in other cases, you could run into a lot of obstacles. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that's designed H- or developed 30 plus courses. Yeah, there's there, there's a wide mix. It's easier now today than it was 20 years ago. Let me promise you that. But it's not as easy as just saying, hey, Parks Department, I want this. Please put it in. Um, but it definitely the, the hurdles and obstacles of getting courses in the ground now, I feel like are certainly less because disc golf is just growing in popularity i think some of the discussion was like the money that the manufacturers are putting in towards players some of that maybe could go towards course development and such like Mm. that and one of the things i would say is yes it would help to have the power of a relatively large manufacturer manufacturing facility in your town behind you i don't necessarily think that manufacturers need to be reaching out to maybe outside of their town so discraft located out of michigan wixom technically mm-hmm. wixom michigan they don't need to be going to uh ohio Los angeles to put a course in yeah to put those courses in um if they did that's great but i don't think that's the case if you happen to be building a course in a city where a manufacturer is located go ahead and reach out. They can probably help. They might have some connections with some local people in the town board, but I don't necessarily think that they need to be the ones that need to spur the course growth. I think that's yeah, a, I mean, a I lot guess of local. Is some some of the logic know that better. Uh, analogy would be, should Brunswick be at town, uh, proposing that new uh, bowling alleys are getting built, or should uh, Wilson or whomever, Spalding, be out... Uh, uh, putting in more basketball courts it's they it's a great sp- gesture and they can but sponsor it. It, and they can sponsor it to some degree um uh, the question is should they be going on actively seeking to make that happen um I, I don't know if that's as necessary as it maybe once was considering the growth of of disc golf but i see what you're saying uh michael says i live near dayton ohio tons of courses yes you guys uh have do have a lot of good courses uh great Pro shop in that area and a lot of good events from what I've seen. Uh, consumers going to feel these big contracts in 2022 in bag and disc prices. Yes. That, that's certainly a, a piece of the conversation here is how how does Ricky's $1 million a year get paid? How does Kona's uh, you know six-figure contract get paid? You're, are you saying directly through disc pricing we're going to see this? Yes. I think we're going to see a slight raise raise in the prices of like the tour series discs. Okay, so what about stock discs, regular discs, or 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 signature series discs that are uh, tour series, signature series? I kind of bunch well, those I'm, a little. I know they're different. I uh, there's totally a huge under, difference. But. I know they're different, but I think that those those cu- we'll call it custom run discs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to see probably maybe a a dollar or two raise in some of those prices and it can be equated to 
logistics. You can equate it to player signings. You can equate it to a lot of different things. But I do feel that the prices are probably going to be going up. So then the follow-up to that is? I don't know about stock prices, but... The follow-up question could be, and maybe where he was going with is, is it really the manufacturers that are paying those salaries then? Yes. I mean, that, that's don't take this the wrong way but that's a really dumb thing to say because in general that's are you saying does dynamic disc pay their uh <laughs> you know emac salary no i do because i buy their products like in general I, I just think that's silly it's the for every business the consumer is always the one putting the money in whether you're a private consumer or it's a B2B or something like that, that goes into the manufacturer or the business and the business pays their employees. You can kind of treat Ricky, I know he's not officially on the on the books, as a employee type person, a sponsored player. So so y- yes, I mean, the, the people are always paying it, but Dynamic Discs is paying it. Like we're not, it, it all comes down to the consumer, honestly, it always, it always rolls downhill. Well, I so but you just said sticking with that thought though you said that you you're going to see a price increase. I believe so. If if we see a price increase then it one could say it feels like it's directly attributed to the consumers are paying them. You could look at it that way. But, I, I, it's and, just a philosophy. And again, I said you can hide that in a lot of ways. You you know, someone could see if let's say custom discs went up a dollar this year. Are people going to point to me like that's Ricky's fault? Or can Dynamic Discs come out and say, uh, no, it has to do with the pandemic. It has to do with shipping. It has to do with we're paying more for employees. We're paying more for truck drivers. We're paying more for shipping into. We had to airlift. We couldn't do some by boat this year. Like, there's a lot of re- th- places that a company can, quote unquote, hide costs. And I- I'm, I'm not, it's not nefarious when I say it that way. But you can justify a lot of reasons. Player, bigger player sponsorships are just a slice of that pie. I, I would not. There's no way you could directly relate it to a specific slice, like all the players, the the Paul uh, sponsorship, the Ricky, the Kona, the Cat, the Haley, the Page, those big ones. You, you can't directly relate it to that. It's a part of it. And it's something that everybody's cheering for. Like, well, and, the, and the, the it may hit a like, crossroad at some point. Is you, the real question. You're right. If, and that's that's a supply and demand thing. If the if the discs go up to thirty five dollars for a, a a a special tour series custom stamp, maybe people stop paying that mm-hmm. amount. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Yeah. It. Um, what, what is the right price for a disc? It's, it's whatever the customer will pay. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, we'll see if there's any direct increases. And then, like you said, if people will attribute it to that or not. Because as you've said, there's there's been plenty of price hikes. I feel like from almost every manufacturer, I've gotten... A, a notification of some kind or multiple notifications that have said, hey, due to all these reasons, we're raising the price of discs. Now, clearly, I don't think they would send out an email that says, hey, uh, <laughs> we just signed so-and-so 
uh, we're going to raise all the price. You know, we're going to raise the price of this. So I, I totally agree with you in that it's overall it's going to be a cost to that company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, how does it? Uh, how is it really felt internally or externally? Um, we, be, be, yeah, we could hope that they're selling so many discs that the price increase is negligible, fifty cents to to, well, to, to wholesalers maybe. Yeah. Or, I, or, and then do the wholesalers pass if it's a small like that? Do the wholesalers pass that on to the to the uh, to your players or to the people who are buying from the wholesalers? Or is it you know is it a buck and then that gets passed on? I mean, you can hope that they're selling so much more plastic that they don't have to do that 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 it's minimal, but prices are going to go up everywhere. We're we're, we're running into you know. We're running to some inflation in general in this country right now. So uh, yeah, a, and, I, and I think that's, that's a, a bigger. Whole, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that's a, a much more uh, bigger, more generic conversation piece that could be had. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen dis re, a basic disc has remained in a. I feel like a very, mm-hmm. very manageable price point. What is a standard Innova DX disc go for these days? Can you even get them? <laughs> um I'm I'm sure you can. Um you're probably going to pay uh, this is just a guess. I don't know what every retailer is doing. You're probably going to pay anywhere between maybe as as low as 7.95 for 7.99 uh, probably on the low end to 9.99. Okay. Somewhere between 8 and 10 dollars probably. In the late 90s we were paying 8 bucks. Yeah, 7 dollars. 7, seven to 8 dollars <laughs> yep. for and and if you're telling me now you're paying Eight to nine dollars. Uh, I can't totally. argue with that. I, I completely and, agree. And granted, those discs are not nearly in demand as what they were. People are buying the that the, to me is the, almost besides the point. But yeah, yes, the, you're right. The pro line, the you know the, the 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 more durable plastic lines. Sure, but if yeah, if you want to compare apples to apples from yester decade to today, yeah, I, that's where I say I feel like the increase has been negligible. Um, you know, overall, which either tells you that things are somehow getting cheaper, manufacturers getting cheaper, or there's been uh, considerable margins that has somewhat uh, just uh, shortened throughout these last few years. West, Carney, uh, real uh, quick, Carney, <laughs> where are you paying eleven dollars for a DX disc? You need to be shopping, shopping over at the disc golf guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell you uh, some of that plastic for cheaper than eleven dollars. Wes Warren, I, I just get a kick out of it when he says candy plastic was fifteen dollars in two thousand yeah. slash nine. Just the term candy plastic hasn't yeah. been used since two thousand. Everyone's calling it champion and things like that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The yeah, the very original, the, the very CE stuff, CE. Stuff, uh, yeah. Often referred Can- to as candy, candy plastic. That's funny. I hadn't heard that term in many years. Yes, uh, yes, I do have a few of the original Champion Edition discs where you flip it over on the back and it has a fourteen dollar price tag. And I've told the story many times, maybe not here recently, but when we were Johnny and I uh, and a few others, we were at uh, the Lexington Open, either one or two. I don't remember which year, uh, which one it was. Probably the Lexington Open two, uh, back around. 99 2000 and i remember a box of discs were sitting on the table this is march or april probably april of 2000 mm-hmm. and there's a box of discs sitting on the table and you went up to them and whether they're valkyries or leopards or uh probably valkyries or leopards maybe t-birds i don't recall and i picked them up 
and I looked on the back and it said $14 and I, I all but choked and said, <laughs> you're crazy. No <laughs> one's going to pay you $14 yeah. for a Frisbee. Like you're, you're just, you're crazy. So I remember getting very, that was early champion slash CE plastic. I, I literally remember that tournament because mm-hmm. I, I played with Dave Greenwell. Yes. As did I. And, um, I remember being more excited about, uh, at the time, the Discraft MRX and the MRV, which were new discs at the time, and them being in this new plastic as well. You know, it wasn't so it was, you know, they're what I think is now referred to as X, you know, Um, but it it was that was exciting to me because I was much more into the Discraft mid ranges than the Innova drivers, even though almost all my drivers still to this day are Innova drivers. So. Yeah, and people are saying today I just bought a disc for thirty bucks. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. No, again, we're in a totally we're in a total, different world. I will right. gladly sell you a four-time Claw Buzz for two hundred and fifty bucks if you want one. I got a whole, um, I got a whatever the right case right might be. Right I there. there's no doubt that we're in a totally different world. Uh, I, I certainly know that. <laughs> but yes, at the time, the idea of paying fourteen dollars for a disc was absurd and i just i remember laughing thinking no way you are crazy i'm not paying you 14 dollars for a disc and that same box of discs probably right now would be worth you know probably over yeah over a grand here's a question Mm, great is it dumb i don't think so (laughs) it it has right somebody get out the uh tick board for the year it has yeah It's kind of two parts, and they're related. So that one of the big hubbubs this particular weekend was there, there was a Prodigy slash, I think it's Upper Park issue. Uh, a, a Prodigy bag is coming out, and it looks very similar to an Upper Park bag. No, Pound Bag. Or Pound yep. Bag. Thank you, Pound Bag. Um, and then we see Dynamic Disc have their Orbit plastic which looks a lot like the in of a halo plastic sure um it's a style of it, producing frisbees yep they're similar in that you know one company is taking from another company the the general idea because they see good sales do you see any issues with either of either of these and i'm going to preface that by saying let's just say the prodigy and pound thing is that they are the the, the, the they're not pound bags even if they're almost a direct ripoff of them or copy of them um is there an issue with that do you think i I think these in my opinion these are two pretty different scenarios i i understand the the draw and the similarity uh the one i'll speak to first that I, i i would say i know a little bit more about i think would be just the fact of uh the the orbit plastic and how that uh clearly is a is a technique of how they inject and when and where and how they inject plastic, uh, the pellets and whatnot, to make the plastic the way that they do. I was told by somebody that the Innova Halo plastic, is it's actually a different type of blend of plastic sure. as opposed to the Orbit, which looks more just as a different color of plastic. And I don't know enough about the process to for either of them to know if that's true or not. Um, but either way, either way it's, I, I, obviously, it's a style. You, you, yeah, you... It's a style, just as if you've seen um, a burst or a glow or whatever. There's the various styles in which the disc can be made. And then you can talk about, you know, sidetracking that a little bit to the molding. And a lot of people thought that 
um, you know, MVP when they came along, they were ripping off the overmold process by Innova, which is is inaccurate. Uh, there were other companies that had done overmolding prior, at least to what we had seen from mm-hmm. Innova. But again, often it's not necessarily who really did it first. It's maybe who marketed it first or marketed it better. So that's what it felt like. So uh, almost everybody thought when MVP originally came out is, oh, they're just totally ripping off, um, you know, the overmold process. And so I guess what I'm saying to with this halo uh, orbit kind of concept, I, I, I don't know that uh Thomas or 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 Rusco or somebody didn't have a halo type concept or disc years or months or years ago and never really acted on it maybe they made one they made it by mistake uh or never moved on it or it turned on into be um you know a, a misprint or something like that or an x out of some sorts I, I feel like there's only so many ways that you can make the plastics and that doesn't really bother me, I guess. I, I guess if I'm just going to cut right down to it, I don't know if that really bothers me. There's different ways to die discs. There's different ways to swirl discs. There's different ways. This this conversation was largely talked about when uh, when Innova uh, was one of the first that we saw, of course, doing the air bubbles and then had the blizzard-type plastic, and then there was lucid air and all these other air-type discs. There's a lot. You know, Everybody's kind of working on these different things. Yep. Some are similar. Some aren't. Some seem really similar, but are totally different. Yeah, the first plastic, like, I remember seeing the burst plastic for the first time from DD. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it kind of filter to other manufacturers. And then, then there's the swirly plastic, as someone on our board had mentioned. And then it kind of went around to other manufacturers. And when something gets hot, especially when it's just a style like that, you can almost guarantee that it's going to at some point be duplicated somehow yeah and, and i think of chameleon plastics and and uh transitional plastics and uh the various blends that we've seen in those ways I, yeah i think a lot of those different styles all go around and uh, i don't know i'm not a plastics engineer clearly otherwise i wouldn't be sitting next to you um you still might be, <laughs> might not be i'd a very be doing good better one. things uh so I can't speak to that. I don't know how much of that is truly like a it, clearly it's it's not a, a patented technology. And if it is being uh, if it is a patented technology, they're not doing a very good job of protecting it. So uh, a lot of that doesn't bother me. I feel from the little I've read and I, and I hate to be a speculator, but the little I did read of the other scenario of when there was the bag from Pound versus a Prodigy bag, I, I think some people really missed the point in which I think Levi from Pound mm-hmm. was going with. He, I think he was trying to say that, hey, I was commissioned by Prodigy, and in doing so, I, I provided them a design, and he was, I think, contracted for it, yep. right? Commissioned, yep. contracted for it. And then he, by his statement on Instagram, said that it, it, they turned the bag into something unrecognizable, and he felt as if somehow he was wrong then because they took the bag um, and then didn't pay him 
uh, with some of the terms and arrangements and agreements that they had. I, f- I just and we don't know the contract exactly, and that's why I say that. I don't, I don't, I, I hate to almost speak of it simply because I, I'm, I can't take a side or say I know one thing or another. But I feel like the intent of the original post by Levi, I feel like wildly went off on a tangent to a place uh, that he other. wasn't even attending, uh, intending for it to go in the first place. He wanted to make a point. He's clearly frustrated and, and feels like he has a beef, but I feel like the intent of his post was lost instantly by a lot of people that took it a different direction of what he was trying to say. We all know there's backpacks. We all know that. Uh, there's and literally millions of backpacks. Someone had made a point of saying that the textiles industry... You know, whether you want to look at shirts and or purses or bags, anything of that nature is one of the most copied industries in general. You know, someone comes out with a nice backpack. Another company is going to rip it off, literally rip off the exact same thing and sell it cheaper with a different tag on it. You know, because there's there's only so many ways you build a bag. And sometimes, you you know, you, you might like that it's got one special pouch on the side. If another backpack company comes along and puts that same pouch on the side what what do you do now i think disc golf bags are a little bit more unique than some other things but i i we've seen this in the past with one company coming out with a a relatively unique product whether it's a a a cart or a bag or um, a backpack and other companies more or less getting a copy of it, breaking it down, probably sending it overseas and say, I want something very similar. Maybe change this like this and that like that. And then they can do it more expensive, less expensive, however it works. I, I That will never see the end of that. Yeah. I... I someone said I've lost them with my rambling and it's largely because I don't know all the intimate details and I really just don't want to go off on some uh, spewing one way or another about that particular situation. It certainly was a conversation that was had. Mm -hmm. There certainly is some frustration um, that was held between them. I'm not sure where it's going to go or how it's going to shake out. Quite honestly, obviously it doesn't affect uh, Johnny and I in in the slightest, Uh, but it was certainly a talking point that was out there on the internet this last weekend. So uh, Wes Warren Thank you so much for the super chat. It's a premium seat upgrade for the flight to Maricopa. I appreciate that. I'm always first class when I'm on my friends over at Southwest. They treat me so, (laughs) so good over there. And everything Ballard. You're also always third class. (laughs) Everything Ballard uh, has also jumped in with a couple of super chats tonight. So I appreciate that. Um, we, We appreciate that. Thank you so much for jumping in on it. Uh, mainly spin says, do you think you'll ever see Jeremy Colling sponsored by prodigy again? I no. Here, here's what I would say to that. It would be a major shock to see that happen. He, he speaks often of his relationship with Innova, his love for Charlotte, Innova, everything Innova has provided him the, the success of his Thunderbird, uh, signature series uh his his intimate love and, af- and affection for sexton who who uh you know drives his boat or whatever he does for him um yeah i i don't see i don't see that ha- then again crazier things have happened let's oh, be real sure. i just i don't see it happening I, in our no. lifetime he and part of it is jeremy's on the downside of his career 
Ouch. He is. <laughs> okay, go on. He's on the downside of his playing career. Okay. He's going to be moving more into probably a media role mm. over the next five years. I'm not saying he's washed up by any means. I'm saying that there, you know, uh, what was the last major event he won? USDGC a couple of years ago? Uh, Waco? He might after have won that? A, yeah, yeah. A couple of Wacos. Uh, I mean. I'm just saying, he. no one's picking him to take uh, to take first place these days. And that's no offense to Jeremy. I think he knows this. So I don't see him moving when I don't believe other manufacturers are are hot to trot on a player of his age and his stature these days in on the course. Now, if a company wanted to buy him because he is one of the voices of our sport on Jomez, that could be something interesting. But I don't see that as being enough of a uh, money maker or draw at this point that another company would do that which is why i say i don't think he'll ever leave innova again I, I, everything ballard just to put it all out on the board says twenty dollars says germ leaves innova in the next three years want to take that bet and i'm going to go ahead and throw out a clarification are you saying that he leaves and goes to prodigy as what was just initially asked or that he just leaves Innova in general. Those are two very Cor- different wagers. Correct. I would bet that he doesn't leave for another manufacturer in the next three years. There could be a, a point where he, where for some reason, who knows, let's just play pretend Jomez is his primary sponsor. Yeah, and that's exactly where I was, mm-hmm. yeah, my logic would have placed it if, if somehow some conflict or something came about where it wasn't fruitful enough for him to be with Innova because of a of a gig of that nature. I think that's a very different story. But I would I would place a twenty dollar wager that he does not leave Innova to go to Prodigy specifically. I, I don't think so. I don't either. see that happening. All right. Um uh, Ray asks a good question and, and Ray, I I know this sounds crazy, but I think people that are way smarter than all of us combined are in the works of this. He asks, like, how do you even start the process of getting data organized and actually make odds? I know it's been in the works for a few years and clearly people like Johnny, who has at least a, a toe in the door in terms of your fantasy disc golf. And then you think about, again, math people that are way smarter than you. It takes, way smarter. It, it takes a lot. Yeah, I. But it's it's happened. And and who's who was our sponsor on the Disc Golf Network once or twice this year? Uh, Prize Picks. Prize Picks. And they. I, I don't know if they're sponsoring this upcoming year. They might be. I know there was a relationship being formed. But and I and those of you who are longtime Smashies know that I, I told a story a few years ago of a gentleman who makes odds in Vegas who I reached out to, um, and. I asked him, I said, what would it take for disc golf to get on the boards? Basically. So for, I, for me to be able to walk up in Vegas and say, I would like to make a bet on that sport. And he says, you, you know, you would need history. You would need a way for these odds makers to be able to look at the longevity of a player on the particular course that they're on and have some sort of history because it would be very difficult to, to make odds on an unknown course. So once these courses, and I think we're starting to get there 
that we're seeing these repetitive courses being played year after year after year, we're getting closer. Let's put it that way. And with UDISC yeah, and, that, and Stat Mando having those, having those numbers will help out quite a bit. I, I don't necessarily think it's in the process of actually happening right now, but, I mean, we're getting closer to where it's possible to happen. <laughs> I'm rewinding for just a moment. Earlier in the regular show, uh, thanks to the generosity of of Ricky and uh, Dynamic Discs and those guys, uh, it looks like we have possibly hunted down the giveaway winner for the regular show. Eric uh, had reached out uh, and made a comment earlier, and then he sent me an email. So, Eric, if you're still watching, it looks like I have your email, and I will forward that on to the, our fine friends over at Dynamic, and uh, hopefully you'll get that Ricky Waisaki signed disc that we gave away. <laughs> they gave away earlier on the show. All right. Um, reading up on anything else, uh, once people can make 30-footers, it could be a whole different game. Um, I, okay. I think a lot of people can. Um, yeah, I, I'll just quickly tag onto that is Statmando and UDISC. Is it even conceivable that, I don't know if bought out's the right word, but a serious collaboration or partnership with one of them or something like them that could then help build these stats for a prize picks or a fan duel or whatever? I mean, that's exactly what we're going to need, as you just said, right? Correct. I mean, in Vegas, you know that you can bet on, when it comes to football or baseball, you can bet on almost anything. You can bet whether, I know he doesn't play anymore, but we'll say Alex Rodriguez would get a home run. You could bet on... Uh, the over-under, you can bet on the spread, you can bet on so many things. With disc golf, it's a lot more difficult because we don't have a lot of those stats. So you're going to bet with right now, what we can bet on is winning and losing. You could probably bet on a spread. You know, how much, how many strokes or how many birdies is Ricky going to get? And that's kind of how prize picks works, is you bet on an over-under with a multiple players. So is, is Paul McBeth going to shoot eight under, better or worse? You get to pick. The more stats we have, the more chances there are to gamble, the more chances these companies that supply gambling have a chance to make money off of your losses. That's when it will hit. Uh, Yeah. uh, Totally unrelated. I'm going to throw this one out out of left field. Big shout out. Uh, I think the original idea i don't know who had the original idea but either way i know at least three people of our top professionals uh jumped in on this uh ricky waisaki austin hannam brody smith all had made posts on twitter and a long story short is they all said hey let's continue to grow the membership base and support the membership base of the pdga and in some level all three of them had said you know tweet retweet reply whatever they asked for you to do and then they went out and covered some pdga uh memberships or membership renewals so certainly credit where credit's due for all three of those uh guys if there were more i'd love to hear it uh they deserve the equal shout out but uh really cool to see the three of them just kind of take this random initiative to say hey let's go pay some uh pdga memberships and I'm going to read what everything Ballard said because he's he knows the name of the game. If you want something read or at least uh, consumed, uh, Super Chat's a good way to do it. He says, people can bet on basketball and horse racing, but the courts and tracks are the same no matter where they are. But with disc golf courses being so different, how would you even consider the odds? I, I, I think 
I think some of the things that we saw from prize picks is maybe a way to answer that in the sense that they would say, oh, we think so. Calvin Heimberg's going to get more than 10 birdies this round. I mean, just, dare I say, a little more generic and it's, in terms of I mean, uh, some of the things that you pull from. They're, they're not doing so much as the number of birdies as the actual score. And with PDGA ratings, you can kind of estimate that. If you know, exactly. if you know a course, if even on a course is you know, 10, 20, and each rating point is worth about, let's just say, six, you could say, oh, Calvin is probably going to shoot an eight under or whatever that might be, 10 under, whatever the math works out to. I'm not going to figure it out here live. Um, and that's where you put the line. So, we can, again, I'm not saying it can't be done right now, but, the again, it comes down to the the numbers. The more options they have to make to take your money, the more likely they will be to take it. Uh, Justin out on the board says Double G paid for my daughter's membership uh, with regard to the PDGA. I don't know if that was part of this recent initiative or if that was part of the Double G Foundation uh, that he's been working on through the Double G Jerky. Either way, huge shout out uh, similarly to Double G. And that also brings up another point that was brought uh, to us here on the board. Thank you. Also announced was a departure of sorts Mm, in that just yesterday, meaning what would have been Monday the 3rd, Paul Macbeth had made an announcement saying that he's stepping away from the the company, the foundation, or Foundation Disc Golf. Did he did he rip off a jersey, walk off the field, and give <laughs> peace signs to the people when he left? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Although it would have been funny, not going to lie. <laughs> Are you familiar with what happened? Yes, okay. yes I am. <laughs> um, but w- any hot takes on that? Does that, does that surprise no. you? Uh, yes, it surprised me. Um, I, I don't have any hot takes. Uh, there were some ex- explanations that seemed to make sense. Paul... They kind of make sense, I think. They, <laughs> Paul, in general, doesn't have the time to dedicate to foundation because of his foundation and multiple other things that the other guys are putting in. So knowing Paul a little bit, I could see how one of the responses would be, well, I'm not pulling my weight, so, and I don't necessarily need this like the other guys probably do, so I will pass it on to them. I could see that being a solution for Paul because <laughs> Paul's a hard worker as we all know. And if he can't be, if he can't pull his weight, I could see him just stepping away. And I feel like that's probably what this is in that he just can't put in the effort that the other guys are. And it probably feels lopsided for him to be a third owner. Take, let's just play pretend, take a third of the profits and not really put anything into the company. Mm. So now, granted, there are the, the way I look at it, I would be like, well, there's plenty of silent partners in the world. I'd have no problem doing that. Um, but I'm greedy. So. But on the other hand, you know, it was Paul doesn't have a lot of time to dedicate to that. But I do know Paul is doing other videos and stuff with Hannah and things like that. So I don't know if that's separate, if that, if he, if he wants to dedicate more time to that and less to foundation, I I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything. I don't have a hot take. I don't think there's anything nefarious. I don't think there's any sort of falling out. I I just, I just kind of think that he just can't put in the effort. Yeah, it was, I think fair to say it was at least a little bit surprising to some and and maybe not. I don't know. It was surprising to me. Um, 
we're also not in the in the typical daily ins and outs of uh, everything that they're working on. So maybe there were hints, maybe there were clues. I can't speak to that, but I know I was a little bit surprised. I know someone else said on the board, and I, I feel like this is a very valid statement, uh, just saying how it sometimes can be a little bit confusing to hear of Paul McBath and then Foundation, and then there's the Paul McBath Foundation as opposed to the company Foundation Disc Golf. I I could see some. Confusion I can certainly there. understand that. Um, I don't think that's why he he parted ways or anything like that. But just in general, at first when I read it, that was the first thing that went through my mind when I very quickly skimmed the the headline or the screenshot or whatever it was. I read it as Paul McBeth leaving the Paul McBeth Foundation. Is just immediately I'm like. Okay, I mean, yeah, he's probably busy, but that's weird. He found another guy named Paul McBath, and he's <laughs> going to put him in. <laughs> no, I just thought it was really weird. And so, uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> then again, I'm not smart, so it doesn't take much to confuse me. But, um, yeah, so we saw that uh, happen uh, as well. A couple questions that were on the board, which are quite uh, pertinent. Ray asks, are you going to still have Nate Perkins on the sidelines for some DGN broadcast? And does Perkins get paid for that time? Short answer is yes. He will be yes and yes doing sideline stuff. I to, to what degree I I don't make that decision, but it looks like uh, he's he's certainly on the schedule and on the calendar to do so. And then yes, he also does get paid for that time. Absolutely, it's actually the the next contract we're about to announce was the uh, Nate Perkins million for million. Yes, yeah. one million words this year. Yep, one million words. He's gonna have to beef it up because his check ins are usually pretty pretty short. It's going to be tough. Uh, on point, but short. So he's going. We're going to need. We're going to hear a lot from Nate. <laughs> he's like, I got to make my contract. Otherwise, he's going to. Otherwise, he's going to get paid. Shirt. So, yeah. uh, no. So yes, he does get paid for his time. Also, um, do we expect Ian, Philo, and Sexton and the Dosses this season to be in the booth? Yes. Yes. Again, yes. Um, as far as I know of, uh, that absolutely is all within the works. I think we're going to also. See and hear more from the likes of Christine Jennings and Elaine King and myself. I don't know if there's anyone new, so to speak. I, I assume we're going to hear some from Charlie mm. Eisenhood. M- maybe. I know at the uh, the last event that we did of the year, basically, the next gen, we had Brian Earhart. Brian so Ar- he Earhart. might... He might pop in there. I haven't seen the schedule, but I wouldn't shock me if I, if Earhart were to kind of hop in on a, a an event or two. Yeah. I... Th- but I don't know. Just to be brutally honest, a lot of those things we have not fleshed out yet. Or if they have been fleshed out, Johnny and I don't necessarily know them. So, And for me... But as far as that's really what matter. we... Yeah, that's that's what I know. Is the three, so the three yahoos talking about disc golf while or I'm... Four. Well, or four. Or two. <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm trying to direct cameras. <laughs> I don't care what three or four yahoos they are. <laughs> uh, I, I want to be a yahoo. I, I'm too late. I'd mute them all in my head if I could, but uh, I, I, unfortunately I can't. I need to take audio cues from them for commercials and such because I can't throw it to a commercial in the middle of Terry like, we'll be right back after, and then have it cut out. <laughs> I need to listen, unfortunately, to Terry, throw it to a commercial. <sighs> so that's just more of Terry in my ears. Uh, it sounds like in the on the board, at least, there's speculation uh, with regard to... Uh, 
potentially Hunter's Twitter activities versus when Paul is leaving Foundation. I can't speak to any of that. You might be dead on. You might be dead wrong. I, you know, Sue is saying that the timing seemed weird, um, but nonetheless, I, Johnny nor I could speak to any uh, validity in any capacity there. We just simply don't know. Uh, Ray then says, List, listing all of these names, it is crazy for how many people do commentary. That's just live we were talking. Can you imagine if you tried to include all the post-production, too? Yeah. Everybody's got a, a commentary gig these days. <laughs> Mike Jewel is out there saying some of us drone on. All right. Uh, Sam says, between sideline or booth, what do you get have more enjoyment from? You do good at both, but I wonder what you enjoy more. Good question, Terry. What do oh, you enjoy man. More? If I told you um, there's a brand new event, Terry in madison wisconsin Mm. like the u.s women's championships like the u.s women's championships you have your choice you could go be a sideline reporter or you can stay here and and do commentary is it relevant that it's about an hour from where we live i tried to pick one that was close because whatever but an event that specific event (laughs) i would like to be on site for and it's funny because I feel like I intimately know the courses in this case. Which uh, is why I think you wouldn't have to be on site correct. as opposed to a new a new course. One of the no, correct. I, 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 I very much, I do like the, I, I really dislike the idea of ever calling play from the booth where, to a course I've never stepped foot on. Now, I, I don't necessarily have had to play it, but I, to, to call... And, and this goes this goes back to the U.S. women's that took place in California this last year. I had never played or seen any of the three courses that the women were playing for the U.S. women's. So as soon as the OTB Open was done, the very next day I drove to that area. And then over the next two days, I walked and or played all three of those courses or followed actually Madison and Erica for one of them. But that's how I still learned the course. I felt I was so much more well-prepared having physically been on those courses. I still then ended up flying into Bend and then doing the commentary on them, but I feel like my job was done so much better because I had seen those three courses by giving them each one quick walkthrough. Um, so uh, I'll just put that out there. Every event is a little different. There's there's some events that I want to go to every year. There's some events I could go to every two or three years. I, I want to know the course if I'm going to be in the booth. That's that's a given. And then it just kind of depends on the atmosphere of the event. Like, I'm not going to lie. Calling Vegas, I know the course is intimately, calling Vegas from Bend isn't ex- as exciting as being on the sidelines and then being in Vegas. So those are kind of individual event considerations and i'm obviously just one person on a whole team so it's not entirely up to me by any means so those are all the thoughts that go into it um i don't know if i answered you but that's at least the thought process some events i love being at some events i'm indifferent to Carney says, I'd love to see Owen Scoggins do commentary. <laughs> She's a little... I said that would be chaos. Abruptly it'd be the, raw. It'd be the best kind of chaos <laughs> I can be. imagine. It would be. She it is would, brutally honest. It would not be everybody's She does of. not hold back. I would love it. I would be, I think I would be, be so rolling on the floor entertained, uh, laughing and entertained. I think a lot of people would be, but yes. Um, <laughs> she would... 
<laughs> yeah, she would be hilarious, uh, but maybe not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> She'd be hilarious, though. Is DGN going to have FPO and MPO split in the future, or DGN2 for coverage is full or both divisions? There are talks right now of splitting it up, MPO and FPO, um, but I don't know where those talks stand. I'm not 100% sure. I, there, Mo had mentioned it on the uh, Upshot podcast. And I know there's been some behind-the-scenes talk. So having the women go in the morning again and then take a break and then have the men go in the afternoon. And they do that simply because of numbers. You have to have the women go first because there's they're a smaller field. Um, if the men were to try to go first, you would have to somehow find a way to put the lead card earlier in the day because obviously every round is about three to three and a half hours, maybe four or five, depending on the course. You could not finish the MPO and then get to the FPO and have them separate. You'd run into what we were running into now, which is where we have to kind of mesh and then split, you know, MPO to to MPO, FPO, to FPO. So there is talk about going back to the old way and having them, having FPO as a separate stream. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say I'm indifferent to it because I, I clearly have a, a an opinion. I, I think that there is going to be, as there is with everything, there's going to be kickback. You're going to hear some of the women complain and some of the spectators complain that they don't want to be getting up at seven in the morning, six in the morning, five in the morning, depending on where you're at to get to the course, to get warmed up. We saw a couple of years ago with, I think it was Jonesboro. We just saw the disc golf pro tour re, uh, retweet some old pictures of the women playing in the morning snow because it had snowed there. Yeah. Which could have come in the afternoon could, for could the have, men and could have come in the afternoon. We, we've heard, we've heard the women talking about some of the courses where they would get some of the first cards would get to the, have to get to the course so early that the, the course was literally still locked. And I don't think we're going to see that type of stuff anymore, but there will be a contingent of players that do not like playing in the morning. Just like there's a few women who do not like playing in the afternoon because it feels like it breaks up their day. I know Katrina Allen, I think, would rather play in the morning, rather get it done, be done, and then go do her workout and eat her steaks and then be ready to go again. She has said that doing it in the afternoon kind of throws off her schedule, but you're not going to please everybody. Uh, there are pros and cons to either way. Having the women separate gives them their own storylines that you can fully flesh out and complete. And I, I 100% get that. Um, it also puts additional stress on the commentators, the cameramen, the the producers, the directors, by having it separate because it's a longer day. But it is also maybe a little less stressful at times that you're not trying to balance two divisions when something awesome is happening in FPO on holes three, four, and five. But something awesome is also happening with the men, and it's on 16, 17, 18, which how do you justify which is more important? Everybody is going to say 16, 17, 18 because it's the end of the round. But those holes three, four, and five could be completely changing a division. And to not see it live, there, there's definitely there's weights and balances and measurements that we all need to kind of take into account. So the so, short answer is I don't know if we're going to split it or not, but I would I think we're sixty forty right now. If I'm taking a finger in the air, sixty forty we're going to split it. 
what I, and what I heard from that answer was if I listen to other disc golf podcasts, I may find out what my workload looks like this year. Maybe. I love it. Sounds like a plan. I will I will start tuning in. Tune in to everybody, Terry. I will. All right. Some other questions that are coming in off the board. Uh, first of all, everything Ballard trying to hustle hard for us. We appreciate it, pal. Thank you. <laughs> Telling every, he's commanding everyone else, uh, demanding that they go out there and super chat. Um, I don't have any Tear Bear stamped CE Firebirds, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, if somebody wanted to stamp some up. Uh, the days of splitting, bod- uh, the old days of splitting broadcast was best for YouTube community. The FPO chat was always to the same folks and a lot of fun. Uh, as Johnny just alluded to, tons of added benefits and then a few drawbacks as well. Uh, yeah, I, I won't rehash it all. There's plenty of them. Uh, you need to start moving those Firebirds, Terry. You might retire with the money you would make off them. Eh, yeah, but that or means could, I'd have to let go of stuff. Or you could wait and then sell them when you when you retire. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to retire. Uh, Sue says she doesn't like missing nine holes of the FPO every round. I can understand that, Sue. Uh, I want to see an interview where own comments on the Scoggins brothers, not just Justin. I don't. I, you know more than I do. I don't. I don't know anything outside of Justin or uh, other Scoggins brothers. So you know, you know more than I do. You, we're, we're already lost. Let's give something away, though, Terry. Let's do it. Um, Terry needs meds? I do? I don't think I do. I'm jacked up. I'm high on life, bro. Excuse oh, me. Sometimes I'm uh, I'm taking the ice, though. Yeah, sparkling you, you ice. You've got the sparkling ice. I've got, oh, I've got I'm, I'm so my bad. water here. So um, for those of you that maybe are new to the podcast and tuning in just for Ricky and hung around, we do a giveaway every week this week we gave away two things we, we holy had, cow yeah we had ricky give something away uh sign something for eric and now we do our patreon giveaway so if you want to be eligible for our weekly giveaway you can sign up at patreon.com slash smashbox tv for as little as a dollar a month you can be eligible in all of our entries and you can also go to smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaway weekly giveaways figure it out i think it's weekly giveaways um and you can sign up there as well for to be part of the weekly giveaway. Like this week, we had two people. Um, it looks like it was Gordon and Robert both signed up via the website. So, so, so they are entering the fancy into phrasing our- of uh, no purchase necessary. You do not have to purchase. Correct. You do not have. You do not- that applies here. We we are that fancy, folks. But you do need to go every week and fill out the form if you want to be eligible for our weekly giveaway. So that is on you to remember that, or you can just be. A Patreon supporter and save yourself the time and give us some cash. So if you as well. do some quick math, in theory, if you are the the most frugal of frugal, which I can support, you're Ricky Waisaki. You could get away with potentially contributing twelve dollars for the whole year. That's a dollar a month, twelve dollars for the whole year. But yet for fifty two weeks out of the year or more, because we probably do at least on average one a week. Sometimes we give away multiples. You have more than 52 chances, or at least 52 chances to win something that's going to be worth more than said $12. And that's if you're if you're doing the bare minimum. Those numbers add oh up, Oh, my Terry. gosh. Ah. Some weeks we give away shirts. Some weeks we give away the, uh, the, the disc member box, which is a minimum of a $25 value. 
Um, Crazy. We give away all sorts of stuff. But anyway, again, patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. Please go ahead and sign up and support uh, independent podcasts like us. So thank you very much. Um, Terry, we have 178 people eligible for our giveaway this week. Whoa, what are we going to do? How are we? What number are we going to throw out there to our friends over at random.org? Well, Ricky Y. Saki. <laughs> I always find a way to get to two. I was gonna say it has two world titles. Two world titles. Uh, it's the second but, time with the drill. No, 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 no. We're 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 going big. There were time. two people at the. Nope, nope. All that. <laughs> those all make sense. But we're going big time. <laughs> there have, uh, to my knowledge, have been five significant signings over at the Dynamic Disc family this year. So tonight we will pick. We will generate five numbers. The fifth number is the one that will then correlate to Johnny V's spreadsheet, and that's how our winner will be selected tonight. Again, five superstars over there that were signed to DD this year. Fresh ones. All so right. that's how we're going to do it. All right. Every time I generate a number, I want you to tell me the person you're thinking. So our first number, fifty-six. Mason Ford. Second number, fourteen. Valerie Mundahano. Third number, 166. Gavin Rathbun. Fourth number, 48. Kona Panis. And our fifth and final number, our guest tonight, number 35, Terry. Oh, he's never even made a 35-footer. Ricky Waisaki. They're too short for him. <laughs> Thirty, Number 35, let me go over. Johnny V's going to double-check the spreadsheet with all of our uh, incredible contributors. And I sorted it by first name, so it's going to be an early name. No, uh, yeah, I sorted it by first name. Uh, number 35 is Chad Kelly. Congratulations, Chad Kelly. You are going to win the prize tonight. Heck yeah, you are, Chad. I should dig. I should dig. I had uh, our friends over at Latitude stamped up some Disc Golf Guy stuff for me uh, with a Tear Bear stamp on it from a while ago. I should uh, try and hunt one of those down. I did sell quite a few of those, but I should try and hunt one of those down. Maybe I can get you a uh, Latitude slash Trilogy stamped. Um, that could be kind of cool. Branded disc. Or, and Chad Kelly, if you happen to be size XXL, um, Miles from Paragon sent a uh, an extra shirt or two our way and uh, reach out if if you are an xxl reach out i'll we'll uh, we'll get that to terry and he can ship that out to you um i don't know what the odds of that are in particular but just they're double xls and we'll see how it works so we can we can give one of those to you as well but all right i see fake pdga is out there fake pdga i'm just gonna throw this out there folks you've seen a few of the memes you've seen you've seen a, a little bit of the work done by fake pdga uh throughout these last couple of years i think he has officially put out a call saying if you can uh, disguise his voice his or her voice um then you uh, he he or she is open to being on a public podcast, which I think is a pretty big move. Uh, but I've learned he or she wants to be on ours first. Oh, I would love to have he or she on. I bet you we could find a way to uh, to, to to mess with someone's voice. Um, hold on a second once. Mm. So that might be something that's in the works. We'll see if uh, something of that nature could... Uh, we, we could maybe get to the bottom of a few things. Uh, and uh, if if that's something that Johnny could work some magic let's, on and, and we could once. find a way to make it happen, we'll see. 
How does Terry sound right now? <laughs> well, okay, we could do a live test with it right now. I'm sure I sound great. I, I sound great in my in ear. In your ear, but uh, it's going out to the world right now, oh, Terry. Okay. I just, all I did was mess with the EQ. Um, uh, okay, well, maybe we could find, like I said, we'll have to do some testing. I'm going to turn that off. I don't know what it sounds like. It could be horrible. Um, it probably was horrible. Oh, yes, Ray. Fake PDG is actually Disc Blaster. No, here's what I will say, and and uh, I don't know if this is fair or not, but fake PDGA is not typically mean to me or us. Not no. typically. I, I have seen some shots thrown, as there should be. Uh, I am certainly not uh, above any form of uh, memory or a mockery. Uh, I, I've put myself in that position and i'm good with it but uh overall i don't feel like i get the brunt of some of the um <laughs> harsher memes that have been sent out by fake and the PDGA ones you do from or PDGA, fake PDGA or pd you know from fake pdga i think are rightful you know if, sure. you, if you say something dumb or uh make a comment about a tree maybe <laughs> that wants to uh mm, visit me uh, visit and fr- be friendly with you <laughs> what's then, not wrong with that then then maybe those some of those are deserved well it will uh we'll see if we can make something like that happen uh one way or another uh carney is saying fake pdga is drew gibson 100 percent. i don't know if we'll get to I'm, I'm guessing well if they want their voice disguise uh disguised i don't know that we're going to get to maybe there'll be some other hints that are super sleuths uh, we'll be able to arrive at whoever the person may be. That would be, man, wouldn't that be a backfire? Somehow we out fake PDGA. I wouldn't like that. No, I that wouldn't be my intention. But you never know. Maybe they're not they're not savvy uh, in front of the. <laughs> Are we gonna have to put up like a fuzzy wall? Too? Like so, so when they give it away with something like when I was driving around in my McLaren the other day, and you're like, no, no. When now we know who it when, is. When I was getting my ninth uh, sleeve, ta- my ninth uh, tattoo on my arm, yeah, for my sleeve, yeah. Then then uh, when I was polishing my, uh, <laughs> I don't know, my my twelfth world title trophy. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe maybe not. <laughs> Uh, Tim says fake PDJ is Ari, who we had earlier. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see how this uh, all shakes out. Somebody says PDJ Rodman took big germ getting his stuff stolen to learn about the hot dog bandit. Yeah, I mean that was uh, that was a moment that uh, all came out. I wonder how many of you guys called that. How many people thought the hot dog bandit was in fact big germ? But all right, well we are going to call it here. We have uh, so grateful. It's going to be another year. Smashbox TV's podcast. What are we? Seven, seven ish years. Seven more than seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost every, almost every Tuesday, with you and you, you <laughs> seven years and then some. So, if you're new tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Turn it off. Run. You can't apologize. This was a great, great show. We had Ari and Ricky and yeah. Emac. Yeah. Um, but seriously, if you're new here, we saw a ton of uh, additional faces and logins and viewers. Thank you so much for joining us. Every week is relatively laid back. 
It's almost always going to be fun, and uh, hopefully we're giving you guys a little reprieve. May not be the hardest hitting and uh, and controversial, but usually we have something good for you to chew on, uh, <laughs> or at least something for you to listen to uh, while you're driving across country, going from one event to another. <laughs> I just read a funny comment. Hunter announced who fake PDGA was in a tweet yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's just funny. Uh, there's an f- even funnier way I would have taken it, but I'll save that one for myself uh thank you guys seriously uh we wish you the best in 2022 um we hope you had a great new year but honestly everything's looking amazing for what's in store for us uh from a post-production live production the players the teams the managers the equipment uh the sponsors just so many things that uh we can have to look forward to including our silliness right here on tuesday and i'm hoping next week we have more sponsorship announcements to make and guess. I'm guessing there will be more for sure to at least talk about. Maybe we can get an exclusive. Maybe an exclusive sponsorship announcement here. Maybe not. For Johnny V, myself, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, again, final shout out to Emac, Ricky Waisaki, and Ari. Thank you guys so much for joining us in the regular show. We'll see you right here, 9 o'clock Central, for our second podcast of the year in 2022. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox.